0: Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Dan and Joe Sports Show. As always, I'm Dan. And I'm Joe. And uh, Joe, we're joined this and week by... And Hunter today. And, and this is Hunter, yes. Uh, our, our special guest, who's one of the sponsors of the show, the uh, the head of Beach Ball Properties. As we said, been, been giving you great rental properties in Orange Beach and Gulf Shores uh, for any vacation times, and with it being a little less hot, good time to to get on on some action of Beach Ball Properties. Tell us a little bit about Beach Ball, Hunter.
1: So Beach Ball Properties is a company that my life engine and I started a little over three years ago. Um, as you know, Daniel, my wife's an attorney, and I used to be a financial advisor, and felt like property management was good business that brought everything together. Uh, we have over 80 properties, houses, duplexes, condos, pretty much Um uh, cost-friendly all the way to high-end, so uh, come have a ball at the
0: beaches, I always say. All right, good deal. Well, speaking of having a ball, it looks like Alabama is going to have a lot of fun with, uh, with Ole Miss this week and, and have a ball up in Tuscaloosa. We bring Hunter on because he's a big Alabama fan, and want to get a little bit of his analysis for Ole Miss and Alabama this weekend. So, Hunter, what are your first thoughts about Tootie, uh, uh, as you called it, versus Ole Miss in this game? Well, you know, Daniel, I look back to the clips going out right now of
1: the wide receivers at Alabama literally playing rock, paper, scissors on which route they can take. They all know to play the X, the Y, the Z and they've got probably one of the most accurate passers in college football, maybe in the last five to ten years in college football. Alabama can name the score in this game. I mean, Ole Miss has got a somewhat serviceable defense. They're putting up decent numbers, but not really playing tough opponents. Uh, the interesting thing is looking at the line here. You know, the line is, is 37 and a half. Um, You know, and the over-under is 60, so I'm kind of looking at it going, I can see this game being 49 to 10. You know, Ole Miss gets maybe a late garbage touchdown. You know, you, you kind of feel the under there, but then... Does Nick Saban allow of to throw six touchdown passes in this game? Or did we pull off the, the gas at halftime and only score you know, 38? It, I would take the under here, but I still feel like Alabama just leads this game from kickoff, does whatever they want to do, and Ole Miss leaves Tuscaloosa sad again.
0: Well, Joe, what do you think about Ole Miss's chances of maybe being able to have some success on the ground against Alabama this weekend? Uh, You know, Alabama right now kind of depleted in the linebacker core. Uh, They lost a couple of their their D linemen like DJ Dale. Do you think maybe that Jerry and Ely and uh, Scotty Phillips can maybe have a little bit of success on the ground and slow this game down a little bit? I think that they could, but I think that Ole Miss's chances
2: on offense – are largely going to be predicated on who starts at quarterback. Um, Matt Corral is kind of banged up, and there's some speculation that true freshman John Rice Plumlee, who played at the end of the California game, may actually get the start. And honestly, I think that that would give Ole Miss a better chance to actually score some points because his offensive style is better suited for Rich Rodriguez's uh, playbook. And I think that Plumlee and his dual threat ability is an outstanding runner, would open up some doors for some of the other running backs. I also think he's a pretty accurate passer. Seems like the receivers like playing with him, maybe even better than Corral at times. So I think that if Plumlee starts the game, Ole Miss could actually get a couple of touchdowns. If Corral starts, I think it would be a long day because he's more of just a pocket passer, and I think that Alabama will just kill him in the coverage.
0: Yeah, Joe, I kind of agree. Uh, Based on what I saw at the end of that game with Plumlee, I mean, he was moving the ball against a pretty decent Cal defense with with relative ease until the referees got involved in the end. Uh, Actually, Hunter and I watched the end of that game together uh, last weekend, and we decided that that was the most Ole Miss ending to a game we had ever seen in our entire lives. It, was, it really was just hard to watch. And, I mean, to me, like, it might have been the, mo- the most difficult Ole Miss loss I've seen since the Arkansas 4th and 25 bounce off the ground in your hand run by oh. Alex Collins. Hey, but I still love that play. <laughs> That's true. That that did get Alabama another national championship. That, it, it, it,
1: that, that, that one was the national championship, that one play, yeah. That's true. You
2: don't know how, how much that
1: play has haunted me over the years. <laughs> I, I think that... I was actually in Tuscaloosa. I that was the Alabama play in LSU that time, and we were at a, a tailgate, and we were staying there to watch that play before we ran back into the stadium now to watch Alabama play LSU, because that was actually probably more important than the game that was about to take place right behind us.
2: I mean... I, I agree. I, I was at that game, the Ole Miss-Arkansas game in person. I was at the Laquan-Shredwell broken leg game. When you see mm-hmm. plays like that, it honestly feels like it's just not meant to be
1: with, with Ole Miss.
0: Yeah, the 4th and 25 especially. That that one was just ridiculous. I mean, it was such a crazy play that Brett Bielema went and hopped on his wife after the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, in, in all seriousness, though, uh, looking at this, I do think that Ole Miss's best route to – Getting up some points is running the football and using plumley to do that because I think that this – I mean, the, the Alabama defense the first time is maybe one that you can't have some success rushing the ball on. The problem is I just don't see Alabama stopping this, you know, this, quadro, this quadrant of receivers that are so good right now. They're playing rock, paper, scissors as to who runs a specific route because they're all that good that they can do it. Uh, lately it's been Rogs. Beginning of the season it was Judy. Maybe this is Devontae Smith time. You know, who knows? We'll see. It seems like it's going in the pairs of games. Who do you think is going to be the leading receiver at the end of this game, Hunter? (laughs) Jalen
1: Waddle. I Uh, I mean, he's ready for a breakout. You know, everybody is is looking at Judy. Everybody's looking at Devonta Smith. Everybody's looking at Ruggs. Uh, Maybe Waddle can sneak one across the middle, you know, run up, getting good, 70 yarder, Uh, maybe a few other extra plays. And then, now, he hasn't been able to cut loose on a punt return yet. I mean, he is—he's a difference maker, and you know, the crazy thing is, there's so many difference makers. You have to pick your boys in there.
0: Well, Joe, uh, the last thing I want to ask you about this game is—is is what do you what do you think the final score is going to be? And what would you think is a is a win for Ole Miss in terms of the score at the end of the game? I mean, do you think if they stay within 21, you feel good about it? Within 30, what is what is the the barometer for success for Ole Miss in this game this weekend?
2: If Ole Miss stays within 21 points, I think that's a major success. I mean, the last, you know, two years against Alabama has just been an absolute beatdown with them scoring 60-plus points and Ole Miss scoring uh, less than 10. Um, Realistically, though, I see it being somewhere in the neighborhood of like 48 to 10, maybe 48 to 14. Um, I just think that Tua will do pretty much whatever he wants to, like y'all alluded to, with the wide receivers, I mean, maybe if you were to play devil's advocate, you say that Alabama hasn't really faced a tough defense. But at the same time, Ole Miss does not have a tough defense. Oh. So I really expect pretty much more of the same.
0: Yeah, Joe, I'm looking at uh, my final score. I think Ole Miss plays inspired football and loses 41-14, to 14, and they slow it down a little bit. And, and sadly, I think that is. I think that's a great effort, and I think that that would be them slowing the tempo down a little bit. So I like Ole Miss to cover, but still for it to be about a four touchdown game.
1: Yeah. And 100- And another point I will add, you know, Al does roll into a bye week after this. So saving my kind of treat this is like like a going into the playoffs game and pull off the break so you can really rest the team. That's the all as well. Yeah. Well,
0: that's true. All right. Well, uh, let's let's switch to a game that could be better, but, you know, I'm, I'm leaning towards this one might not be the closest game either. Uh, and that's Auburn and Mississippi State. Uh, Auburn's got Mississippi State at home after what was a really disappointing loss last year and really one of the most thorough beatdowns Auburn suffered last season. Um, and, they're coming off a huge win at A&M, Mississippi State's on their backup quarterback. Uh, they've got a lot of suspensions kind of spread throughout their team. Joe, what, what are your thoughts on this game to, you know, for the first – well, when Mississippi State
2: started out this season, and I saw Tommy Stevens, uh, the starting quarterback, the Penn State transfer, I thought he was arguably the most accurate quarterback they've ever had in my lifetime, even more than Dak Prescott. But, you know, he's been injured, and now they have to go with a um, four-star recruit, but true freshman Garrett Schrader, who I think will at some point be a really good quarterback And he had a decent game in his debut against Kentucky last week. Had 180 yards in the air, 125 yards on the ground. Um, And then they have Kylan Hill, who is one of the most underrated running backs in college football. I think that how Kylan Hill goes will be how well Mississippi State does in this game and whether they can keep it close on the road. I think it will be difficult for Schrader in a hostile road environment to be able to keep this team close. But at the same time, I'm also looking at Bo Nix and Auburn. And Bo Nix, you know, has been steady thus far, but he hasn't had to do
1: too much. I'd be interested to see, you know, what he does when an entire game he has to, you
2: know, do more. Like he's had to um, pull off the big comeback against Oregon late. But I want to see him play more of a complete game. I guess that would be my only question uh, about Auburn. But I definitely think Auburn will win the game uh, pretty
0: easily. What are you? What are your thoughts on her?
1: Yeah, I see Auburn winning this game. I see it being probably closer than the experts think. But like you said, you know they're depleted. They got so many people out on suspension. Yeah, on your backup quarterback. And Auburn just, I don't know what it is about Miles. He just gets better and better and better. You go back to Kim, Kim Newt in the first few games. You go back to the Mississippi State game with Kim Newt. That was a very tight game. And then later in the season, it got better and better and better. You know, I can see you say he played it tough, but the line at 11, I I—I still think Auburn's covered. I still think Auburn wins. But I think it's closer. And I think y'all are sweating Daniel a little bit going into the fourth <laughs> more than you would like to be.
0: We'll see. Uh, you know what? What I saw last week is I saw Auburn run the ball against uh, at that time the best rush defense in the SEC. Uh, Mississippi State last year had a great rush defense. So far this year, uh, Kansas State put up over two hundred yards on them. They're missing the the top end D talent they had last year with Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons, and their defense just doesn't look the same. And I don't think the way their offense is set up, they're a run offense. And right now, Auburn's defense is like the best rush defense in the SEC. And I don't see them putting up enough points to really stay in this game. And I don't think that strength on strength, they match up very well with us. Um, I think that based on what I saw last year, Boobie Whitlow getting 80 yards against a very stout uh, A&M rush defense, I think he puts over up over 100. I think you probably get Bo Nicks, get 30 to 40 yards rushing in this game also. And I think he's going to hit on some more of those deep passes that he missed. And they're going to be there because then they're going to run the ball a lot. And I really think that this is a revenge game for Auburn. And I think they're going to play really good. I mean, I can see that Gus this week has seemed more intense about this game than he did about A&M. So I don't think there's going to be any kind of letdown after what we saw last year. And I didn't, you know, frankly, going into last week, I thought we would lose. But I've got a really good feeling this week. And I like Auburn to win, and I like them to blow them away. I mean, I think they're going to cover the spread by a lot. I think I'm looking at an Auburn win 31-10, to 10, somewhere in that range.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, let's keep in mind that last week, Kentucky, you know, started Sawyer Smith, you know, a backup quarterback. They've had injuries too. So even though State won last week, it's not like they really beat a very good team. And I just think that Mississippi State's defense is just a shell of what it was last year, and I I just don't think that bodes well for them the
0: road. That's what I think, too. So, with that being said, I'm making – I don't like doing it. I did it once earlier this season, but my line of the week is I'm going Auburn to cover against State. 11 points, not enough. You want to go down to Biloxi, you know, get all your life savings, put it down, take it on the Tigers to cover at 11. Versus the Bulldogs at home. If you want to sell your house, go for it. I like I like betting on Auburn this week. I'm not gonna. I, I may do it. I've been debating on it. I don't like betting on Auburn myself, but this week I'm really serious about it. It tends to be in the Auburn State Series. To a beat down one way or the other. This year it's Auburn. It's gonna lay the smack down to the dogs. Okay. And uh, Joe, what do you got for your line of the week?
2: Well, I'm actually looking it up as we are talking because the only lines I really looked at were for, um, Auburn, uh, Mississippi state and Old Miss, Alabama. So give me just a second and I'll, um, figure it out.
0: So I will give you a minute. Hunter, what you got for your line of the week? Beach ball Properties of the week.
1: Well, I'm, yeah, well, I'm looking at the uh, the Florida State-NC State game. Uh, Florida State right now is favored by six and a half, but I don't think they could be best part of the blind right now. Uh, <laughs> the game is in Tallahassee, but uh, I'm actually straight up on the Wolfpack on this game. I think they're, <laughs> they're going to surprise people, and, and that's the I would say.
0: Hunter, I like betting against Florida State all day, all day long, all night long right now. You look at their last home game, it looked like a McGill-Toolin game in terms of the attendance they had there. And, I mean, I'm talking about the amount of people I think it was about the same. Things are going really bad in Tallahassee. I don't see uh, Showboat Willie making it through the season. And one thing NC State has always got is they always got a really solid defensive line. And one thing we know about Florida State is they may have a worse offensive line than McGill-Toolin because their offensive line is the worst in college football. So, give me a good D line over O line. I like your upset pick right there.
2: Okay, I'm going to say uh, I'm looking at Northwestern Wisconsin, and this is a Wisconsin team that absolutely throttled Michigan last week, and they're favored by 24 and a half over um, Northwestern. This is a bad Northwestern offense. I just think that Wisconsin is going to dominate
0: that game and win by at least 30 points. I like that. Wisconsin looks like a force to be reckoned with right now. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, if I were to vote for the Heisman Trophy right now, I'd give it to him. I think running backs have been sorely misrepresented lately in it, and that guy is a future NFL all-star and just looks amazing right now. And I think you're right. Wisconsin looks like a pretty complete team. I think they'll take care of Northwestern. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, speaking of which, uh, this weekend I'm probably going to a game where the Saints are going to get taken care of, but I'm going to the Saints-Cowboys game this weekend. Saints look really good in a win over the Seahawks and a surprising outcome, but now they're taking on the boys at home in the Dome. What are your initial thoughts on this game, Joe? I feel a
2: lot better about it than I would have a week ago just because I figured the Saints would lose in Seattle and they'd be 1-2 and two, and then probably lose to the Cowboys and start out 1-3, and three, and then it's a lost cause for the season. But the way Bridgewater played, I was somewhat encouraged. You know, he did not turn the ball over, fairly efficient passing. And Alvin Kamara finally had a breakout game this season. Um, and Michael Thomas had a touchdown catch. And so the Saints were, for the first time in about, 14 years as a franchise able to win a game without Drew Brees. And now here they are playing the Cowboys, one of the best teams right now in the NFL, quite frankly, but they do get them at home. And so I think that if Kamara and Michael Thomas can show up, if the Saints defense can play well, they can keep this game fairly close. At the end of the day, though, I would take Dallas – because Dak
1: Prescott has been really hot coming out of the gate. I think their offense will score a few more
2: points. But I really expect a nail-biter Sunday night.
0: Yeah, What do, what do you think, Hunter? What are your thoughts on the Saints-Cowboys?
1: I, I, I kind of disagree with that. I, instead of the nail-biter, I think Dallas uh, – the Saints, should be my heart, but I think Dallas will run away this one. I think uh, last weekend was an anomaly. Beat Seattle the way they did. I know Bridgewater's a first, you know, first round pick quarterback, but Drew Reeves, he makes that thing click. Um, I think they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle in the first half. And and the new triplets in Dallas. Oh my gosh, they look great. And you know, Dak asking for all this money, he's earning it. And then Amari Cooper has made him a new quarterback. Dak made him a new wide receiver, and Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott. It's just it's. Uh, Cowboys are tough. I actually, if I, if, I to, if I had to put a gun in my head today, I'd say the boys in the Super Bowl.
0: <laughs> well, Hunter, based on what I've seen, I think that's absolutely a possibility. No, Go ahead, Joe. You got it.
2: No, no, you're, you're good. No, th- those are definitely uh, compelling points. And, you know, as a Saints fan, objectively, I guess that is my greatest fear, especially with how the Cowboys' defense dominated the Saints last year in Dallas. I mean, their defense is one of the more underrated units in the league. You know, we talk about the Bears' defense, but the Cowboys' defense is just so tough on quarterbacks and the pressure, the pass rush they bring. But, no, I just feel like historically the Saints, in night games in the Dome, the crowd is always so alive. I just think that that's going to play a factor. Sean Payton, um, you know, having more time to work with Bridgewater – so maybe you know I'm going for a leap here as a Saints fan, but that, that's the main reason why I see this coming down the wire.
0: Well, I'm going to kind of go between y'all on this. Um, I look at, at Bridgewater right now; he's made some improvements. We had a lot of defensive and special teams uh, help last weekend in getting our points. We had a kickoff return for a touchdown, a fumble recovery for a touchdown. Even last year when we had Drew Brees, we played the Cowboys and they absolutely shut us down. Uh, Vanden Bosch is just a beast at linebacker. Um, and then they, their defense is very solid and definitely one of the more underrated ones in the NFL. And Bridgewater is not playing at a high enough level right now for me to see us putting up a lot of points. I think that our defense is going to have a modicum of success, and I look for the Cowboys to beat us 24-14. to That's kind of what I see happening. Not exactly going to be the most compelling game that I go to if it goes that way, but I think that's probably what's going to happen.
2: Okay. I'm going to say 27-24, Cowboys.
0: All right, Hunter, what you got? 50-7? to 7. Um, I'm, kind of with, I'm kind
1: of with Daniel. Actually, we go 28-17. Saints think, think get to 17. Maybe it's 24-17. Saints got the ball. Turnover. Go go, put it away. You
0: know something like that. Maybe. Yeah, I'll be honest; I wouldn't be upset with twenty eight to seventeen okay. if they can put up more than seventeen points. I feel like the offense probably had a pretty good day. Um. All right, and now we're gonna go. We've been doing it for for a while now. We do our locker room talk, which is brought to you by Beach Ball Properties. This week, we're actually gonna have a locker room talk done by Beach Ball Properties, and Hunter is gonna talk about uh, his experience in Auburn back in the Honk if you sack Brody game in 2005. Apparently Hunter's had many fun ex- memorable experiences in Auburn, uh, and that's why he's an Alabama fan. And now he's going to tell us about his famous trip to Auburn back in 2005. So,
1: so Daniel, there are actually four trips to Auburn. There's four times I've actually been there. This was the second trip, but this was the trip that put the nail in the coffin on my putrid hatred for the Auburn Tigers. So – Alabama, rolling that season, you know, we were 10-0 uh, and 0 until we had to play LSU, and Jamarcus Russell ripped my heart out the week before, in overtime, you know, passed right there in front of me, so, you know, we're, we're, we're falling, off of, falling off of everything, so, and that was the year time when pro broke his legs, it was just, it was all coming to a class and Decided to go to this game. It's my sophomore year. Why not go to Auburn and I actually take my whole family? My parents brought their RV. They parked over there in front of the art Center over there off of, uh, I think it's College Street. I yeah. don't, don't know Auburn that well. But uh, so I'm actually staying with my cousin and I get over there to the tailgate to stay with my parents. And this is the first thing that goes awry. My khaki pants that I'm wearing actually rip, rip in the back, boxer showing, completely embarrassment. And fortunately, what a good Southern Selma boys have in their truck. They always have coveralls, right? <laughs> I decided to throw the coveralls on to at least cover up and dance. Well, I'm walking around Al- walking around Auburn looking like the traditional Alabama fan in camo, and people literally, this is right about the time where people have cell phones with, with cameras on, and people are actually taking pictures of me. So <laughs> that starts it as I'm walking into the stadium. we get getting to the stadium, of course, y'all remember uh, – Brody got What was it 11 times? It 13, actually. For it. So, 13. Uh, I see I've already tried to forget it. Well, <laughs> the side story to that, one of my really good friends, Cody Davis, actually was a offensive tackle for uh, Alabama at that time. And they decided to bring him in because outs wasn't getting it done. So Davis is a freshman. He's getting an opportunity. And what was the guy's name? The something with a Q, uh, the the badass defense
0: fan. Uh, yeah, uh, the one, the one who did it. that was like the only oh, game man. where he ever did anything, and then he like left and he, he went to the NFL, but like based yeah. on that one game. Oh man, I, 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 I can. I gotta remember yeah. this guy's <laughs> name. I, it'll. It'll come to me. But
1: anyhow, first <clears throat> play, Cody drops back. He blows right line. Drills Brody in the back. It's awful. What's even better is we recorded the game. We called Cody to come out at our house because we told him we had some funny to show him, and we showed him, and actually the announcers called him out by getting on the first play. It was just, it's all comical at this point. Anyhow, this is where the nail in the coffin happens, Daniel. We're leaving the stadium. It's me and my little brother, my mom and my dad. We're walking out. All the fans are hollering at us. Why are you leaving the game? Oh, so much more fun. Yada, yada, yada. Well, you know, Auburn has a transit system that goes around all the lots and the different places because it's so spread out. Unlike, you know, it's just blue, sits, it's all kind of compact. Well, we had two different official Auburn people in Auburn uniforms that work for the university put us on the wrong transit to send us to the other side of campus. So we eventually just had to get out and walk for a mile back to the RV park. And I've said, when your own people, your own paid employees will do that to Melbourne fans foreign organization. I never want to come back here ever again until I came back in 07, Nick Saban's first year. And that was a mistake, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, we won that one, too. Uh, by the way, the name you were looking for, Hunter, was Stanley McClover. That's who that was that made all yeah. the sacks. Okay. He was an absolute monster. Yeah. But that was, I swear, that's the only time he did anything in any game. And he sacked him like eight times in that game.
1: Yeah. And then so the injury we were we were on probation that you know, that year too. So I don't even think we no, no, that way oh two was the year we were in probation that we were so good and ended up losing the all I just uh, all these bad memories coming back in
0: Well no, yeah, that I was uh I went to that game. That was that was one of my absolute favorites was the Honka B. Sack Brody games. I just couldn't believe it. It was just like the, the parting of the Red Sea like every time he went back for a pass. And I think it got to the point, Hunter, that maybe the last three or four sacks, he might have just kind of jumped on the ground in anticipation of getting hit. He got to that level.
1: Now there's some there's some juju to the Alabama Auburn game played in Auburn every year. <laughs> I mean, it's just it, 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 y'all can be y'all can be not even the top twenty five. We can be number one, and somehow y'all will play us stuff and, and give us a heart attack, or, or 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 strip the game away with the last second. Who knows? <laughs>
0: Hey, the one the one a couple of years ago, I believe Charles Barkley said it best that you've had the we've had the kick six, we've had the comeback. Now it's time for the kick ass. That one we won by a lot on that game. Actually, shouldn't have been as close as it was. <laughs> um, but no, uh, you know, Hunter. To be fair, though, we did get it back a couple years ago. The first game that Sitom played against Clemson, I think he got sacked about twelve times. And I think that was a little bit of retribution for that game because. I think Siddham started uh, doing yeah. a little bit of the same thing Brody did at the end of that game where he was jumping down in anticipation of getting hit. Yeah. But, yes, that was uh, that was Hunter's 2005 Iron Bowl experience. We'll have him on on other occasions to describe some of his other fun experiences uh, in Auburn. Um, uh, yeah. You know, Hunter, I'll be honest with you. I've only been to Tuscaloosa for a game one time, and that was the the uh, I was in Tuscaloosa during the 2008 game, but very happy that I did not attend that one because that would have been an upsetting experience for me. I was, I was there. I was there in the rain. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I was there at 2010 in the comeback, and at the end of the game, I was dodging bottles like right and left. People so upset, throwing things on the field. Oh, it was, it was bad. It was bad. I saw
1: Kenny Iron oh. get popped in the eye by a powerade bottle one time. But, uh, I think it was when y'all won maybe. I guess it was five in a row. I think Tuberville and him were coming off the field, holding up a five, and boom, got him right. eye. <laughs> it, it didn't hurt him. Thankfully, he was going to play. Anything. That's He's true. He didn't get hurt next week, but it was
0: uh, yeah, yeah, intense. It wasn't like Orlando Pace that you know, one actually, time. actually the. Uh, what? I said it wasn't like that referee who threw that flag in Orlando Pace's eye and ended his career. I still think that dude had a really good lawsuit against that ref on that.
1: Oh yeah, probably the most intense game I ever saw was uh, when Georgia beat us when uh, Matthew Stafford was there and in overtime, first and uh, I guess it was first and ten from the twenty-five. Stafford dropped back and dropped a dime in the back corner of the end zone, almost like second and twenty-six and all the attorneys, we were just all throwing our drinks just all down onto the field, and then everybody in those rows, we got suspended for like two games. We couldn't sit there anymore because we didn't know
0: how to act. Well, I'll be honest with you, Hunter. The, the, the most joy I've had in an Auburn game, though, was two years ago at Georgia when we beat Georgia the way we did because right now, Georgia, I can't stand them way more than I can't stand Alabama. And then the Rams are number one. So I want to go to a game with the Saints beat the Rams because right now they're number one on my head list. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys. Well, enjoyed having uh, Hunter from Beach Ball Properties on, friend of the show. Thank you to all our listeners. And as always, I'm Dan.
1: And I'm Jip.